Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live.
See, the enemy is not all knowing, but he can hear. So when we began to talk, when we began to, to speak out of our mouth different things, he hears what we're talking about. So when we're in prayer, he's listening to what you're praying about. So when he hears you praying about a particular thing, he knows that that's a thing that you have uh, some issues with in some form, and that's where he will work. Amen? Yeah. But when you began to utilize your special gift that God has given you, which is the gift to speak in an unknown tongue, to speak in your heavenly language, to communicate, that gift is so great that it don't only deal with the situation that you have at hand, but it deals with other things in your life. So when you begin to speak in your unknown language, and your heavenly language, you are speaking not just to the current situation, but you're speaking to situations that you don't even know that are about to occur or were going to occur. You've already said uh, peace and order to other stuff in your life. Again, going back to the book, um, The Power of Speaking in Tongues, I think that was the title of the book. Uh, if we go back to the book, remember the story of the man when he began to pray, and as he was praying, Holy Spirit led him to go and tell his daughter um, not to drive the car. To not drive the car she had been driving, but to drive another car that was in the household. And in doing so, the daughter still had an accident, but the accident would have been worse had she been driving that car because it was older. It did not have airbags, it did not have blah, 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 blah. And a lot of things that, it, that the car did not have were mechanisms that were unsafe for the conditions that she was going to face. Um, even to the point that the uh, emergency people that came to see about her at the accident. Stated that they've seen many actions like this before, and people have not walked away. People have not lived in these types of accidents. So, therefore, my whole point of coming to reliving that story is to remind you of the power of being able to speak or utilizing your heavenly language. Okay? So, now we're going to start into our new book, which is um, Ruth Wilkinson, um, the, the Prayer of David. And as we begin to study, we're going to find out some things. Is there anybody here that needs a supernatural blessing from God? Anybody could use a supernatural blessing? Okay. Let's look at this for a second before we actually get into the book. You know I like to, to break things down and I like to look up words to have clarity so that we understand what we're talking about. Um, a lot of times we, we speak and we pick up language and we pick up a lot of things that we hear others say, but we don't have a clear understanding of what that particular thing is. When you look at the word supernatural, supernatural means of uh, pertaining to characteristics of or attributes to God or deity, okay, of uh, relating to or being above or beyond what is natural. This is, this is it above or beyond what is natural. When you look at supernatural, supernatural is unexplainable by natural law. When God tells you, you give me 10%, and he's going to protect, protect your 90, but he protects your 90 so great that your 90 supersedes the 10% that you get. Okay? Um, supernatural is when God does his math where he adds by subtracting. He removes things from your life. And as he removes those things from your life, you get special, you get different blessings from those things being removed. Okay? So we talk about supernatural. It's something that your common man understanding, our common man kind, can 
doesn't make sense. That's why um, it's important for believers to live the life of Christ because people who, uh, who we try to witness to, if we tell them about Christ, they don't necessarily get it. They, they can't understand it because it is something that is set aside for people who learn of him. Because we are believers, we follow him and we learn, we're learning of him. When he does the supernatural in our life, it's common. But when he, when other people see the supernatural occurring in somebody's life, they don't understand how that can happen. I've heard stories of people um, having encounters with angels where they were in a, a bad situation and an angel has appeared and, and saved them or helped them out. I, I remember one story very clearly about a, a person that was on the side of the road. We had a flat tire. The weather was bad. And a person came up. They don't know where the person came from. The whoever the person came, the person was able to get the tire off, put the donut on their car, and uh, help them to be able to get moving again. And when they turned around and say thank you, the person was gone. They never saw the tire that the person came in. They never saw anything. That's supernatural. Okay? Those are things that you don't understand in your natural understanding. Because how a person get here, you ain't see no car. You know, and you could be uh, the strongest person in the world, and you could be challenged by trying to get a lug off a tire, and then somebody walks up and they just flip and do it, and so quickly, next thing you know, that person is gone. We had a supernatural experience, and I think I told you guys about this before. What happened was at the other church, where he was up ministering, and we were saying who the worst about the leader was, and the young lady came in. And she looked like she was floating on air. And I'm like, who is this? She came right down the center aisle, up to the podium where the pastor was, gave him a flower, turned one out the door. And when people went to look out the door to see where she was, she didn't see. She was done. A supernatural experience. It was a comforting uh, message, I believe, he got from that particular scenario, but it was supernatural. Okay? You didn't understand it. Um, so, as we look at Jabez, Jabez's prayer produced in, his, produced in his life supernatural things, things that were beyond natural understanding. Um, we know that his name, Jabez, means he was born in pain, okay? So, it's almost like when I thought about this, I was thinking about a woman giving birth to a child that she might have conceived out of a rape or out of a uh, incest type of situation. So when this, everything about this child made her unhappy, you know, and I, like I said, I never could understand how a mother could be disconnected from a, a child that grows inside of them, but you can, <laughs> depending on the circumstances of the situation that uh, brought this particular child about in uh, your life, okay? Um, the Bible says, though, although he was born in sorrow, his name means sorrow, David was more honorable than his brother. He was upright. You know? So you can be what everybody considers the little ugly duckling or the little goofy who can't never get nothing right, the tight-tongued one, the slow, everybody calls you slow, but you, if you love and honor God, 
God looks at you as having more honor than those who have the ability to think that they got it all together. Okay? So my, my point is don't kick yourself to the curse. Okay? Another thing as we're studying this is we're learning about prayer and even dealing with George Meyer's book, I hope and pray that these lessons are encouraging you about yourself. And you look at the person in the mirror and you look at how I, mean, I hope it's causing you to, to reminisce, to reflect, to look back on your life and not take hold and hold on to the things that were said to you, about you, how you were criticized, how you were comfortable. Don't hold on to them. Let those things go because you are no longer those things. Once you come in Christ, you are a new creature. You are no longer those things. It's old things are passed away. But they don't pass away if you don't let them go. If you still hold in the back of your mind that they need to call me, they still have a nickname for me, they used to call me Stretch. But they said I had a long head. And as a kid, that was like the ugly duckling thing. You know, I didn't like it. You know, so um, I can hold on to that and let it be an issue, but I let it go. There are things that have happened to us in our past and things that have happened to us in our life. And even as adults, things that have been. Uh, we have been treated certain ways that has caused us emotional sorrow. But we have to learn to let those things go so that we can be all that God has called us to be. Do you have a dream? A dream that's larger than being able to pay your bills, buying a car, or going shopping. Okay? I want you to, to, to note in your journal, as we're going through this book, as we've been talking about prayer, I want you to notate a dream, something that you desire from God, a place that you want to be in God that's bigger than the stuff that we talk about on regular basis. How you going to pay the bills? How you going to do high? I want to get a new car. I want a new, you know, just the mediocre stuff. And one thing we have to realize is that life is greater than those things. If God calls us home tonight, none of us will take any of those things with us. Amen? We don't want to think about mediocre stuff, stuff that's common. Everybody wants some money. Everybody can use some money. I don't know about you, but I show sure can use some extra money right now. Uh, a car. Anybody can use a car. I can use another car. You know what I'm saying? So that's mediocre stuff. But because we are children of God, I believe that God, I know that God has greater for us than just those things. When Deb has prayed, he says that, Lord, that you will bless me indeed. My mind goes back to even uh, the story of Abraham. When God told that he was going to bless him, that he was going to be a father of a nation. And he didn't tell him to look at the sand, that he wasn't going to even be able to number the kids because the grain of sand was more than he could number for the people that he was going to follow. And then he told him to look at the stars in the sky. Again, another great number. And as a consequence, we, we see as Abraham was through his course of life, Abraham became the father of the faithful. Because as God told him those things, he began to hold on to his dream. Amen? Um, uh, sometime around 3,000 years ago, uh, one year, history is great. Nobody is 
decided to pray. A great nobody decided to pray. When he looked at himself, he looked at his circumstances, he saw no reason for hope. Some of us have been in hopeless situations. Some of us have been faced with some hopeless problems, some hopeless circumstances, some hopeless, I mean, you get to your wit's end. I got one little situation I've been dealing with for a very long time. But my, my model has been giving up is not an option. So no matter how many times it says no, I have to get up and keep it moving. Amen? Um, and God answered his prayer. Um, the Bible says, do not take the name of the Lord in vain. Um, so we have to be cautious that when we have a conversation with God, when we speak things out of our mouth, realize he is listening. He's listening. We think soft. He is listening. He is there. A lot of times we think that, you know, oh, well, I'm about stuff I can do. I want God is there. He is everywhere. And when you make your little prayer request, sometimes you make some prayer requests that we don't think a whole lot about. But when we make those requests, He is there ready to answer your request. And He does. And this is where we're there. That's well. He made a simple prayer. He, he, he stated a simple prayer, and his prayer was answered. Jebus um, is motivating millions of people to seek the Lord today. Um, I think that if we, when we look at Jebus as a testimony, as opposed to just in a novel, um, then you look at it from a different point of view. So when you look at it as a testimony, a lot of times, Testimony is something that someone has experienced that you can relate to. Okay? So we can relate to him being um, the lowly person. We can relate to him being um, the person with a bad name. You know, he's born and they mean sorrow. We can relate to just saying a simple prayer. We can relate to just being an honest and upright person regardless of what our circumstances may be. We can relate to those things. So therefore, we look at this, um, look at his prayer as more of a testimony as opposed to just being a story. Then we will begin to get a, a deeper understanding of how, how and where we are in Christ. Christians have drastically underestimated God's desire to bless. Drastically, my as I read that, I thought about back in the day how I don't know where this image came from. But that Christians were supposed to be poor and lowly, you know, and they had this, this thing of humility and the humility, looking at humility as being this poor, broke down, you don't have nothing, you know, walk around with your long skirt on, no makeup on, no this, no that. Like, really? Uh uh-uh. uh. That is not the way of God. Not only that, God doesn't want us to be in those conditions. This is will give us the desires of our heart. And there are some people that are created to be in certain certain conditions. But if that's not your desire, God doesn't want to allow you to stay there if you want more, if you desire more. Um, this little man was a no future. Anybody ever heard that before? I can remember being in high school. And uh, the high school teacher saying, I got mad, you got to be killed. In other words, killing the dream, destroying the idea that I could be greater in whatever area I desire to be greater in. 
I got mine. You got to get yours. You trying to get what I'm already at. And this a down conversation, a conversation that does not lead to no uh, uplifting or encouragement to move on any further. Um, so there's this little man with no future. Sounds like some of us. A lot of us have experienced where people have talked down to us who have had a poor attitudes about who we were and negative conversations about our character and different things. We've experienced this before. This is not true. The reading goes on to say that now David was more honorable than his brother. And his mother called his name David, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And then there called on God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. He identified that his mom uh, felt pain from him as an individual. And so he asked God to not allow him to cause pain. He asked God to keep him from evil because he did not want to cause pain or, or uh, agony on anyone else. You know, And to me, it almost sounds like a child that wants to please their parents. Amen? Um, now that we get into Week one. Any thoughts before we move on? Anybody else have any opportunity to look at the book and everything they want to share? Now, this is a conversational book. This is not a one-way book. It's not a lecture. It's conversational. There are some talking points that they actually have talking points. So there's a point that we're going to have to have some dialogue. Um, getting started. Um, the first part of the Jeff's prayer, oh, that you will bless me indeed. Ask God to do something supernatural in your life. Because the only way you can live a blessed life is if God acts. A lot of times, man wants to, and I've said this time and time again, manufacture their own blessing. They want to create their own blessing. They say, oh, God bless me with a cop. But you got to know that it's so high that you can't pay. Now, all that. God forbid a tire get a flat. You know how the tire can talk on the vehicle? If you especially if you buy the tire that is already on the So, um, but then you come to say that that's what God bless you with, but you're struggling over and over again trying to keep the vehicle or trying to keep the house. I remember we lived in Linwood and I was doing um what was I doing? And I would go from house to house, and then I would go to certain houses, and I probably had a conversation with one lady, and she was saying how um, how they work pretty much around the clock. We're never home. And I'm like, wow. My husband works this late shift, and I work this shift. We're never here. But we have to do all this work in order to keep our Because of the house. So, um, I, I just don't want to believe that that's a blessing because blessing uh, makes us rich and adds on power. So if you if it's causing you pain, where's the blessed part of it? Okay, 
Now, if it's causing you pain because you messed up, that's one thing. But if it's causing you pain because the realtor takes your picked the book and made it possible for you to get this, when your income didn't necessarily say you can have it, but you were able to get it, they were able to, you know what I'm saying? Because I've seen that before too, but they fix, they fix your stuff up and it looks one way on paper, but the reality is that that's not what it is. And so you get it, and now you got to pay for it. And the people who help you to get there, they don't know about their business, they got paid. <laughs> Off of your sorrows. You know? And so we have to be careful of that and understand that when God bless you, it is truly a blessing. When you ask God for what he has already belonged to give you, amazing things start to happen. We're going to learn about another word that is so important to receive blessings, and that is faith. Faith. Okay? Now, uh, on the next page, on page nine, we have a little survey of my inventory about blessing, your idea about blessing. Some people feel greatly blessed by God, others do not. What category do you fall in and why? Okay? You're going to look at the, the, the the five statements, you're going to decide, you're going to score yourself and be honest with yourself, okay? If you strongly disagree, you give it a one. If you slightly disagree, you give it a two. If you're not really sure about it, give it a three. If you agree, give it a four. If you strongly agree, give it a five. Let's take about three, five minutes and try to get those answers. About three minutes. When you begin to do surveys like this, you begin to see yourself. So sometimes we live in a bubble. And while living in the bubble, we're in the bubble. <laughs> we see things as the bubble as as the bubble is in our life. I pray every day asking God to bless me. I can quickly recall specific blessings God has given me in the past. I think God, I think of God as a loving and eager to give me blessings. I believe that one reason God hates ongoing sin in my life is because it blocks me of some of the blessings He wants to give me. I've experienced that the greatest blessings in life grow directly out of my personal relationship with God. So five simple questions. And then how you feel about them as an individual. How do they uh, reflect you? How do they reflect your, your personal feelings? Okay? Once you've done, once you've answered them, Kind of add them up and give yourself a score and see where you are. If you get between 5 and 10, you need to spread your wings. Between 11 and 15, you're hoping to lift off soon. Between 15 and 20, you're a frequent flyer. But between 21 and 25, you're flying high on the blessings of God. And that's where we want to be at that level. And if you're not at that level, 
as we're studying about prayer, as we're studying about faith, as we're studying about stewardship, all these things that we're studying are all ingredients to help build you to this level. We talked about the authority of the belief. All of this mixed together. It's like a good cake. When you're making a good cake, you have to mix in a lot of different ingredients that make the cake. Okay? You put in a little flour, you put in some sugar, you put in some some um, baking powder. You put in all these things and you mix them together. Don't forget that vanilla abstract. But if you forget that vanilla abstract, that cake is going to get a little bitter. You know? Then you may need to add a little bit more sugar because you don't want a cake that's not sweet. And so that's where all these different things come in. The authority of the believer, the sugar, the um, faith, the flour, the uh, something that that could be your vanilla aspect. All these things coming together, and as you study them, and you, you eat of them, and you digest them, and you go back and you revisit them, and you encourage yourself through them, and you find the scriptures, and read the scriptures, and learn the scriptures about these different things in the Word, you're building your case. You're putting it all together. When you're done, you're going to put a little icing on it. Unless you bite me. If you bite me a little grease, you might eat cake pie out of the oven. the icing. Or you may make the bowl while it's uh, back. Anybody want to share where they, where they are? You don't have to. This is, I want to really be personal because I want to see the world. When you come back and visit it again, I want you to be able to Move from where you are to another level. Okay, first one, I pray we have to I need you. Let's get this going. Okay, 24. 24, okay. 16, okay. So we still have some space for growth. I got 21. We still have some space for growth. Okay? Uh, growing, growing, growing. Um, and that's important. Because again, if you don't grow, you become a little strong, okay? Or you wither and die in that one little place you don't grow. How would you pray differently if you genuinely believe that there were many blessings God gives you only to the gives only to those who pray? How would you pray differently? You believe that God there were blessings that He has for people who pray. Okay. I'm going to take you to my bed. I'm going to take you to the word of you. Word more. Okay. You need a word more in prayer. Both of those are very good points. Using God's word more in your prayer. Um, being more sincere and pure and hard about in your prayer. Um, praying more. You know? Sometimes we, we just don't pray enough. Sometimes we, so we, we have our, our routine that we do, and we just, that's it. But if you were, if you were able to, to find out or understand or know that if you pray two more times more a day, that that will open up more blessings for you, what do you do? I'm going to need to pray. Also need to fast, purifying your body, your spirit, so that you can spend time in prayer. Okay? Talking point. Growing up, did your family ever overly pray for God's blessing? 
And the best part about it, we're buying into it. And the Bible tells us very clearly, be not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, we're in the world, but we cannot operate according to the world's dictates. So just because the world says that same sex is good, you get married, and we're going to have a happy family, we're going to give you insurance, we're going to give you Social Security, that don't mean that that's what we have to agree to. So if somebody comes in here and that's what they want to do, we have to tell them that we go back in there and they say, good, this is our room here. And that's it. Plain and simple. Oh, it's okay. You know, it's okay. It's my little cousin, John. All right. It can be my mama. It's not okay. If it goes against the word of God. And unfortunately, we as the believers have bought into the world's pick that they have sold us. To the point of, I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago, talking about how people dress come to church. So, okay, you, you wear black come to church. Now, when I was a kid, we didn't wear pants in church at all. And we wore to the church in the wintertime because back in the 70s, we had some real hard women. And we wore pants to the church in the wintertime. You wouldn't came in the door, you went to the bathroom, you took them off. You did not go in that sanctuary with some pants on, period. Okay? When I was coming along, <clears throat> you did not go, ladies did not come to church without socks on. You had, if you didn't have no socks on, you better have some socks on. Because this is the house of the Lord. This is a sanctified place. This place is set apart, is set aside for the uh, building of the kingdom, and you cannot come in here any kind of way. So my, my point was that I talked to a young person. It's fine. Okay, we accept you. Wear your flat. But don't wear what you wear at the club. Amen. Amen. Because when you go to the club, you go to the club for a different purpose. And it ain't a holy purpose. Okay? So the stuff that you're going to wear at the club, don't wear it to church. At least make a separation. When I came home, we had church clothes, we had school clothes, and we had play clothes. And you never intermingled the three. Church clothes and church clothes. They were kept separate. They were always hung up. They were always prepped. They were always together. School clothes and school clothes. They had to be they clean and together. Play clothes could have been anything. They might have been church clothes that were worn out or school clothes that were worn out, but you never intermingled the three. Now everybody's been doing one up. Everybody, everything's everything. Which brings on different kinds of spirits. Yeah. Because whatever you wear, what you had on that club, you know, you just all kinds of stuff happens other than that. So then you don't want to say in church. You bring all that mess with you to church. Yeah, along with that too. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So we have to be cautious. And that's why we get to the point that sometimes we feel unblessable. Because we have fallen prey to the things of the world. And we've allowed those things to resonate so they become a part of us. Okay? We don't want to be holy no more. You know? But holy means that you're separated. Different. Your circles should be holy. They should be separated, different, not. Are you emotionally comfortable asking God for His blessing? 
Are you comfortable asking God? Talk point. Sometimes you're not emotionally comfortable because you don't feel like you deserve to be blessed. You know. And so that's why we you know pray prayers that are double standard or a double a negative. A negative you stand a prayer but you pray a negative. If you if it occurs to if it you can let me have it, you know, if you can, if you can if if I was just, I 
first time it happened, I, I won't put a story off, and I'm ready to tell the story off. This time it happened because I put it at the location. I just got called about it. The Lord said, Told me to call before I made my move tomorrow. And I did, I got past it. I knew I was going to get And I was telling Johnny about it. My physical body reacts instead of me.
becoming the father of the faithful, to becoming the father of nations. So he was uh, uh, favored. He was honored. He was uh, got special gifts, and he received a level of status. All of it came from God, not from man. Okay, man cannot bless you, but God can use man yes. to bless you. Okay, um, in the Bible, for example, fathers pronounced blessings on their sons and passed it along, the passed along the family birthright or the inheritance. So it's important that we uh, be mindful of what we say to our children, and we didn't know this all the time. Okay, so uh, my point is that when you learn something new, and if you had been doing it wrong for a long time, you just go back and make it correct. Simply by going back and apologizing, asking for forgiveness, and then begin to speak properly about a situation. Um, uh, so it was important to bless the children, to bless your children. You seek blessings on your children. The power of life and death is in your tongue. So you don't call your kids baby kids. You don't call your kids dumb, stupid, loud. You see blessings in their lives. And even, even if they have characteristics that aggravate you to the sense power, you begin to you find something positive to say about that characteristic. Jessica was always the person that could argue. And she was a liar. Uh, but you know what she was telling you? John was telling you that. And when I realized, as I learned, because, you know, as I was growing up, I was growing in the Word, as I mean, I learned how to change things about my family, and I knew to learn the power that I had, I began to call her an attorney. You're going to stand in the courtroom, and you're going to argue cases. So I took her negative that got on my nerves to the tenth power and changed it into a positive. Trust me. What do attorneys do? They talk a lot. They argue. And they lie. Duh. Now, she may not make it to be an attorney now, but she was not blind. She said she been delivered from lying. Praise the Lord for deliverance. So the point is, you do. Make it what you want by what you say. Okay? Here it is. The scripture tells you it's always not in the Old Testament. Fathers, and, and now because we don't have necessarily fathers that stand in the positions that the fathers put in back then, for whatever reason, either they're out of the household, they're not in the household, or they're not in Christ, whatever the reason that they're not, the mothers that know, then you have to come along and speak. Amen? I don't know why I'm thinking about the rest of the People bless God in their worship. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Psalm 103 and 2. But the kind of blessing that we're talking about here is God's favor on us, his favor on our lives. When he, on the day asked for God to ask God to bless him, God bless him with favor. Um, that is why the Bible says it is the Lord's blessing that makes you wealthy. It is the Lord's blessing that makes you wealthy. Hard work can make you 
no richer. Now think about this. You work 40, 50, 50, 50, 80 hours on the job. Hard work. You put in a lot of hours. You may not, you may not do a hard work, put in a lot of time. Okay, that's still a form of work. And when you come home, you didn't make you didn't bring home all the money you made. What I'm proud, and he gonna get heavy in your overtime. So it says hard work can make you no richer, but it is the Lord's blessings that make you wealthy. So as believers, we don't strive to be rich, but we strive to be wealthy through the blessings of the Lord. Okay. The Bible clearly teaches that God cares about all of our needs, material, emotional, and spiritual. Okay. Where do you think blessings come from? From your family, your marriage, your job, hard work, mere chance? Mm-mm. Why is it so easy to become deceived and think that we are a source of our blessings? And that's unfortunate because that's something that is so prevalent today. You know, I be cautious when people say, God bless me. The Lord bless me with this. The Lord bless me with that. Okay, if you say so, God bless you. I'm happy for you. But sometimes those things that people say that God has blessed them with, it's not necessarily God's blessing. God has given provision and allowed us to accomplish things because he gives us what we ask for. So we can ask for stuff that does not necessarily mean it was his blessing for us to have it. Okay? I can ask for that extra support that Don't mean that that's his blessing for me to have it. But I'm not just asking for it. I want his favor. I want it to come to me through his favor. So when I get it, everything about it is going to be right. I don't have to worry about the notes. I don't have to worry about the insurance. Everything going to fall in line. Where it either is going to be financially manageable for me, or it's going to be outright blessed to me where I don't have to pay anything. You understand what I'm saying? Those are blessings. Okay? Because, again, the blessings don't add y'all up any sorrow. That's the word. His blessings don't call us sorrow. So a lot of times people be saying that God bless them, but they in sorrow. May not be at the beginning, but you meant to be inside about the same thing. And then if you were in sorrow, it's from God. Okay? Uh, blessings are often thought of as things. Okay? A lot of times we think of blessings just as things, cars, houses, material stuff, and clothes, you know. I got a, oh, who is it? Michael Kors. I got a coach. I got a, you know, things. But the greatest blessing we can have is to have him in our car. That's the greatest blessing. That's the number one top blessing to have him, to be able to call him dad. Because everybody can't call him dad. That's a privilege that's given to us as believers. Do you think everyone who prospers is being blessed by God? Psalm 37 records, the grief of a believer can feel, the grief a believer can feel when evil doers prosper. Let's look at Psalm 37. Let 
Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.